Well, welcome to church. Are you happy to be in church today? If you are, would you make a little noise? I want to send my love to our Lancaster campus. If you're watching this online, hey, if you're new with us, you're catching us partway into a series that we're doing on the life of a legend. His name is Moses. Have you all heard of Moses? Raise your hand if you heard of Moses. Come on, I think almost every one of us have heard about Moses at some point, whether you've seen a movie or you grew up in church. And you heard all kinds of incredible stories about this guy named Moses. Well, we're, we're learning from his life things that we can apply into our life. And if you missed the last few weeks, we kind of been talking about how Moses was asked by God to do something that most of us would say impossible. Okay, God asked Moses to go to Egypt to confront the king of Egypt, known as the Pharaoh, to ask to let his people go, God's people, the Israelites, go. Now, I think sometimes when we hear stories about Moses, and maybe you grew up in church and you heard the story told over and over again, I think sometimes we disconnect with how big of an ask this was. Like, like can you consider for just a moment, I, I was trying to think, what would it look like today if we were to experience something like this? And, and I wonder if it'd be kind of similar to, imagine God spoke to you, and said, I want you to go to North Korea, and I want you to confront uh, Kim, some young, Kim Jong, whatever, I don't know what his name is now, it changes with, you know, and, and I want you to tell him, let all the people do all your labor go to South Korea. How do you think that's going to play out? Not so great, right? Okay, this is what it's like for Moses to go stand before the Pharaoh and one of the most epic stories or parts of the story that we all know when we think about Moses is when God uses Moses to deliver 10 plagues on the land of Egypt. Like that's epic Moses stuff, right? The plagues is so big. So, I mean, we're familiar with this. Where, where Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, hey, God says, let my people go. And God says, I don't know your God. I'm not doing any such thing. And that's when Moses says, all right, well, then God's going to show you who's really God. And God performs, brings 10 plagues, or shall I say, 10 painful experiences, ultimately, to change Pharaoh's heart. And I truly believe that these 10 plagues, you know, yes, they're awful and they're, God was showing his power in the world, but he was also doing it to get him to turn around. I truly believe that pain is one of the greatest motivators in our life. Isn't that true? Like I know, I know most of us, we do everything we can to avoid pain. That's why you haven't been in a gym in eight years, right? Because it's like, I don't want the pain. We, we typically avoid pain and in our culture, uh, whether we accept it or not, we have a hedonistic culture. I don't know if you ever heard of that word. But it basically means we're good with pleasure. Like pleasure is good and pain is bad. And, and so we try to avoid pain at all costs. But I'm here to say something that's going to kind of mess with your head a little bit. Okay? It's going to like, I don't know your picture of God, but this could screw with it just a little bit. And that is sometimes God will allow, hold on. God will even initiate painful experiences in your life and in my life to get us to turn around. Now, now most of us don't want to think that about God. Like, no, 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 pain bad. God doesn't do that. But the truth is, when we experience painful things in our lives, most of the time we ask, where's God? Where is God? And true, sometimes we go through painful experiences because of bad decisions we make. Sometimes we go through painful experiences because the devil is out trying to attack us. But I also think there's a lot of times when we go through painful experiences and God's behind it. God can use, just like he used the plagues, 
He can use that to get us, why? To turn around. In fact, I, I would argue and say sometimes the only way that we will even listen to God is when we feel enough pain. Otherwise, we're good. We don't need it. And I want to show you today, I want to I preach a message to you from one of the plagues. And so if you've got a Bible with you, I'm going to be in Exodus chapter 8. And, and I want to talk to you about these plagues and something I see in them that I think can speak to all of us. Exodus chapter 8, if you've got an electronic Bible, that's awesome as well. If not, we put the words up. And I want to read to you from the second of ten plagues. God didn't perform one, two, three, four, five, but ten miracles of disaster on the king of Egypt and the people. And I want to start with the second one. Now, the first one, if you're not familiar with it, um, God, God does this miracle where he turns the water and the Nile and the river and some of the other ponds, he turns it into blood. And all of the, all of the sea and the fish life, all of them die and it's just smelly and it's gross. And, and it's kind of inconvenient, but then we get to the second plague. And why am I talking about the second plague? Because it's, it's kind of one I like. It's just an, it's an odd plague, okay? You'll see why. Let me read to you. Exodus chapter 8, verse 1, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, This is what the Lord says, Let my people go so that they may worship me. And if you refuse to let them go, I will send a plague of cute little froggies on your whole country. Come on, we like Kermit. I mean, we like, frogs are cute. Right? I don't know if any of you ever had a pet frog, but come on, this ain't so bad, right? Uh, it says, verse 3, the Nile will teem with frogs. There's going to be tons of frogs. They will come up into your palace and your bedroom and onto your bed. Okay, this is getting a little gross, right? He says, into your houses and of your officials and on your people and into your ovens. Well, hey, that's a quick jump to frog legs. If any of you like frog legs, they're already going to be there. Into your kneading troughs. He says in verse 4, the frogs will come up on you. Now, this is where we've crossed the line, right? No frogs on me. He says, they'll come up on you and your people and all your officials. Now, verse 5, then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, Stretch out your hand with your staff over the streams and canals and ponds and make frogs come up on the land of Egypt. So Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt and the frogs came up and they covered the land. It wasn't just a couple of little cute little froggies, but I want you to picture it covered. Like everywhere you walk, you're kicking frogs. Covered the land. And now here's verse 7. This is interesting. But the magicians, see Pharaoh had his own magicians, they did the same thing by their secret arts. They also made frogs come up on the land of Egypt. Now, I want to I I use this story to really speak to all of us about things in our lives because when I look at this story, first I see that, that God turns water into blood. And that's gross, right? But I think they probably could still find water in their wells. And so I think, if anything, it's an inconvenience. But now... It's turned to frogs. Now, and frogs, let's be honest, there are worse animals, there's worse things that could be a plague in your life than frogs. Frogs aren't that bad. I kind of feel like God is just kind of easing his way into these plagues. If you know them, they get a lot worse as you go on. And so he, he decides he's going to bring frogs. And when I read through the, the story of the plagues, what I began to see was a pattern. I saw these patterns emerge. And I want to talk about these patterns because these patterns are things that I think you and I can sometimes see in our lives. Patterns are important. 
Um, you should look at patterns. Patterns tell you what people really think. Patterns tell you what people really believe. You can have someone tell you all day long they love you, but you ought to look at what comes from their life, the pattern of what comes from their life. That's really what they believe. And when you see in Scripture patterns, in other words, you see something over and over again, usually it is intended to signify something important that God wants to communicate. Well, I, I was reading through and I see these patterns. I see patterns that Pharaoh isn't all the time. In fact, the message today I want to preach to you, the title of my sermon is this, Plagues and Patterns. Plagues and Patterns, because I see patterns that come from Pharaoh's response to the plagues. And I think his response, honestly, is not that far off from, from the way sometimes we respond. And I want to share with you three patterns. If you someone likes to take notes, you write these down and, and think about them. I want to share with you three patterns that if we aren't careful, we can easily fall into the same trap that Pharaoh does in our lives. And by the way, these patterns bring plagues. They bring pain into our lives. So what are these three patterns? Let me give them to you if you want to write these down. The first one is this. I see this, the pattern of denial. The pattern of denial. Someone once said, denial ain't just a river in Egypt. Denial. Did you get that? Never mind. Whatever. You guys are slow. Uh, or it's just bad. One of the two. Patterns. There's a pattern of denial. Every time Moses comes to Pharaoh and says, God said, let my people go. Pharaoh says, I don't care what your God says. I'm not doing it. In fact, Pharaoh says to Moses the first time, so, so you have some God that has some special power that I don't? Who is this God that I should listen to him? And if you know this story, okay, then you know the very first time that Moses meets and confronts Pharaoh, he does something to show God's power in that moment. Here's what he does. Aaron's standing there, his brother, and he's got the staff. Remember the staff? If you were here last week and I talked about that trick that God did with the, the staff and throw it on the ground, and if he threw it on the ground, it became a what? Anybody remember? It becomes a snake. Okay, you know the story. And so God tells Moses, and Moses tells Aaron, Aaron, throw your staff on the ground. This is in front of Pharaoh. They have their very first meeting, their appointment. God, let my people go. He throws his staff on the ground, and as soon as he does, it turns into a snake. And so you'd think Pharaoh would be a little startled by that. You know, I'll say, okay. But then here's what Pharaoh does. Pharaoh gets his own magicians. Now, he had these magicians, David Blaine, David Copperfield. He had all these people that were working for him, okay, and they come along, and you know what they did? They took their staff and threw it on the ground, and they turned into snakes too. You should know this. Not all power that you encounter in this world comes from God. There is another source of power in this world, and it's evil. And so here is you know, Moses and Aaron. They throw their staff down, and the, Egypt, the, the, the Egyptian magicians throw their staffs down, and they all turn into snakes. Now, here is the funny part in this whole story. I love this. Aaron's snake eats all the other snakes, which, look, on the surface, it's kind of, okay, that's just a little bit weird until Aaron goes and grabs his snake and it turns back into a staff, and then they don't have their staff anymore. And you all know how big that is to a magician, a warlock, or whatever they were. You need your stick, right? It's so funny. This whole pattern continues over and over again. Did you know that, that when they, they come and they hold their staff out over the water, this is the first plague, and it turns to blood? Did you know that Pharaoh has his magicians do the same thing? They held their, they, they, I think they had a little red food coloring, and they just went, and there was a slide of hand and dropped it in the water, but whatever, it could have been real. And so they turn water into blood, and so what Pharaoh is saying, I don't need you and your God because I can do it. 
this happens over, there's a pattern, there's a pattern. You see this, like, and I'm getting a picture of this whole, I'm watching this battle go down, and it's Aaron and the staff, and then their staff, and I'm thinking, wizards versus warlocks, this is like a Harry Potter movie or something, right? Is that what, I don't, I don't know if they're in, I don't, I don't want to watch Harry Potter or read them, because I don't want to pollute my eyes with that evil witchcraft. No, I'm just kidding, just kidding, so your parents are like, what? I don't care if your kids read it, that's up to you, but there is this, like, pattern where, where you see that God does a miracle, Pharaoh's magicians do a magic trick. It's called a miracle. And then, and then here it is, here it is, right? And then Moses has Aaron wave his staff over all the waters, the ponds, the canals, the river, the Nile River, and frogs come out of them. Pharaoh's like, I think our guys can do that. And so they nailed their staff over it, and guess what happened? They brought frogs out of it. And, and what I'm trying to say is that th there's this thing that I see, a pattern that I see in our culture today. I'm not talking about magic. There's a pattern that I see in our culture today where what we are trying to do is mimic what God does for us, what God wants to meet in us, but we're going to do it in our own strength and our own power. It's, when, when you, it's called a pattern of denial. In other words, I don't need God. I don't need God to tell me what to do. I don't need God to provide for I can do it on my own. I'm good. I, I, I got it. Well, here's God's way. I know, but I got my way, and it works. I can do it. And so that's why we see today so many people, they're trying to find happiness, but they're doing it in a pay raise, or they're looking to it in a vacation, or they're looking to it in making a certain amount of money, or having a title, and while that sounds great, here's the challenge with that. It might bring happiness for a moment, but it won't bring what God really wants to give you, which is inner joy. So that's not based upon the circumstances in my life. It sounds great until all of a sudden you lose your job, and then what happens? And, and, and so that's why we see today so many people are trying to find meaning in this world. And rather than looking to God for our meaning, you know what we're doing? We're trying to find it in our kids. My kids, that's, I, I just pour my life. My kids, are, I, hear, I, hear, I hear mom say this. My kids are my life. What are you going to do, mom, when they move out? No, I'm serious. When I see people throw themselves into their career, I'm, I'm going to become this, and one day I'm going to make this, that's great. But the newness of that title and the challenges with that role eventually are going to sink in, and you're going to realize, this is kind of empty. What are we doing? We're, we're, trying to, we're trying to find, and we have these needs, and we're trying to meet them, but, but we're trying to do it ourselves apart from God. Or, or I see this today. Um, people are trying to find a spiritual experience, but they're doing it without God. I can meditate. I don't, I don't want God because if, if I have God, then, then I don't know. He tells me like what I can't do. And so I, I just want a spirituality that doesn't involve God. It's just my own kind of thing. And yet it's not real. I don't, I don't know. I, I can figure it out on my own. I see people trying to find love, but rather than doing it God's way, this is what I see in our culture today. We're saying, well... I don't want anybody telling me who to love and how to love and what it looks like, so I'm going to do it my way. Thanks, God. I got it from here. I got my own staff. Or I see people trying to find pleasure. I'm going to date who I want to date, sleep with who I want to sleep with. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I don't want to operate by God's standards. No, I'm going to do it my way. 
We, we see this over and over again. And what happens, we don't realize this, is whenever we deny God's plan or the way God wants to do it or the way he wants to meet our needs so that we can do it our way, I'm going to do it my way, it often leads to a hardened heart. And a lot of times, let me just say this, it's not just one thing. It becomes a pattern in our lives. But now listen to this. Every pattern starts with one small decision. And here's usually how it plays out in our lives. Just one itty-bitty small area where it's like, eh, I don't need God. No, I mean, I'm good with God in general. I believe in God. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to do this. But, you know, in this one area when it comes to my finances, mm, uh, I got it. I can do it myself. You know this one area when it comes to love? Mm, I got it. I'll do it myself. You know, there's just one area when it comes to my, this is what we do. And it starts as one small decision. And in that one small decision, we don't realize that all of a sudden that leads to another decision, to another decision, to another decision. And then now there is a pattern in your life of going, I don't really need God that much. And that's what we think. And by the way, when life is good, you know, it's treating you well, then that's fine. But let me tell you something. At some point, most of us that have lived long enough can, can speak to this. Life will get so hard that you will wake up one day and discover you aren't actually in control of your situation. When all of a sudden one day you, you, you realize, I, I want to live my life my way, and then you wake up one day and it's all of a sudden it's like, wow, how did I get here and how did I get this? And what Pharaoh didn't understand was he might have been able to call frogs up out of the water, but Pharaoh couldn't get rid of the frogs. Oh, let me show you this, because this was big. Verse 8, let me, let me show you what Pharaoh says to Moses, because this is important. Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron and said, Pray to the Lord to take the frogs away from me and my people. Hold on, don't you have magicians to do that? Oh, you mean they're limited. He said, pray to the Lord to take the frogs away from me and my people, and I will let your people go and offer sacrifices to the Lord. You see, the magicians might have been able to call the frogs out of the water, but they couldn't get rid of the frogs. Okay, let me just show you something, because I think this is really important. When we do things our way, we might be able for a while to provide for ourselves and do things the way we think, and it's all going to be great. But if we're not careful, what we don't realize is we're going to end up with a bunch of frogs that we can't get rid of. That's why people have addictions today that they can't break. That's why they got habits that are ruining their lives, ruining their marriages, ruining their family that they can't shake. It's because I, I can get the frogs out of the water well you might be able to do that for a moment but what are you going to do when you need to get rid of them and here's the interesting thing in this whole story by the way uh, this is the last time that pharaoh's magicians were able to mimic god was calling the frogs out they couldn't get rid of them and that's when pharaoh realized uh-oh i think i need god let me tell you something when you live and some of you know this when you live with a pattern of denial in your life what it will leave you with is a mess that you cannot fix. That's what it'll leave you with. It'll leave you with something in your life that you don't want. A frog. I got frogs that I can't get rid of. 
I got a situation that I can't change. I got an addiction that I can't break. I got, I got frogs in my life. This happens to us all the time. Let me give you an example. I want to speak for just a moment to, to, to the young ladies, especially. Listen to me, young ladies, single ladies, please. Because I see, again, this is one way I see it happens where it's like, I want to do it God's way. And I don't want to live by his standards. I'm going to date whoever I want to date. And what you end up with is a frog, ladies. You, you're dating a frog. And you think you're a princess. And you think if I kiss the frog, then someday he's going to turn into a prince. But let me tell you something, ladies. This ain't Disney. You ain't a princess. And he's just going to be a frog you can't get rid of. I don't want to do it. My God's way. I want to do it my way. Now listen to me when it comes to dating. You're going to end up with a frog. I feel like I, I need to preach an entire message one day called kissing a frog. That's what I should do. We can sometimes in our own strength and power cause things to happen for ourselves and say, I don't need God. But what's going to happen is you'll end up one day realizing that you need God and you can't change your situation. And so Pharaoh finds himself in the power of denial. This pattern that goes over and over in his life. And then Moses says something very interesting to him, and it just kind of shocked me next in verse 9. Here's what Moses said to Pharaoh. He said, I leave you the honor of setting the time for me to pray for you and your officials and your people that you and your houses may be rid of the frogs except for those that remain in the Nile. And here's Pharaoh's response. Look at verse 10. Tomorrow, Pharaoh said, Moses replied, it will be as you say so that you will know that there's no one like the Lord our God. The frogs will leave you and your houses and your officials and your people and they will remain only in the Nile River. Now, now I, I never noticed the significance of this in the story until recently. Because I think maybe frogs, you know, I think we hear this story and think, it's not that bad. There's just some frogs, right? But, but if you think about a plague of frogs, I think it's, it's more than an inconvenience. Like, can you imagine just if there's frogs and everything, you know, in your bed, pull the covers back, ready to hop in and Several hop out. Can you imagine? Like, this is, this. can you imagine that not only in your bed, but you get up in the morning and you go open the drawer to get your underwear out and boom, frogs jump out at you and scare you. Open the pantry to get, you know, cornflakes or whatever you're going to eat and, and all of a sudden frogs are jumping out of you or they're in your ovens, they're in the refrigerator. Here's a frog, there's a frog everywhere, a frog, frog, like old McDonald's sent you frogs and you got frogs everywhere coming out of everything. And so Moses does something so gracious that Pharaoh does not deserve. He says, I will leave you the honor, Pharaoh, of setting the time when I will ask God to take away the frogs. And frog, and, I mean, and Pharaoh loves frogs so much, I don't know if he just started to become friends with them. I don't know if he had several of them as pets. But Pharaoh's response is what? He said, tomorrow. I, this kind of just surprised me. Just a, wait, hold on. Are you saying you like the frogs a little bit, Pharaoh? You tomorrow. You want to go another night with the frogs in your bedroom? Now this isn't a couple. Can you imagine fifty or say a, a hundred frogs are in your bedroom at night? Do you know what frogs do when it's dark out? Croak. 
make a bunch of noise? Can you imagine how loud it is in your bedroom? You can't sleep. Frogs are jumping on your face while you're trying to sleep. You snore and they go in your mouth. Like, can you imagine for a second? It is so awful, and yet you have an opportunity to ask God. Moses says, I'll give you the honor of setting the time. And Moses and Pharaoh says, tomorrow. It's interesting. And then I thought, maybe that's not that different than what we do all the time with God. Here's another pattern I see in this, if you're taking notes. It's called the pattern of delay. The pattern of delay. You you know, when, when you realize that you need to change something in your life, you got some frogs. I need, we need to change this. This is not working. Need to change it. But our answer is always tomorrow. You know, when you realize, wow, I'm just like packing on the pounds and everything's unhealthy. Doctor's saying this. I got to start a diet. When are you going to start it? Tomorrow, because we can't start it today. We got pizza tonight, you know. And then the next day, you got, well, we got one out to lunch. I forgot. Celebrate someone's birthday. So let's just, and what do we do? We keep saying, Tomorrow, when am I going to start working out and exercising? I don't know. I'm kind of tired today. How about tomorrow? This is what we do, right? Unemployment's about to run out, you know, and, and it's, you know, maybe you ought to look for a job. Well, I'm going to, but I got another day. I'll start tomorrow. We do this all the time. Now, listen, I know it sounds funny and cute, but the sad reality is I think that God often as a, a gentleman of a God never forces himself on us. But here's what he does. He gives us the honor of when we want him to do something in our lives. And a lot of times we say, tomorrow. Tomorrow. You know, like when you come to church and you hear a message, and it's a message that feels like it just slapped you upside the head. And that wasn't me, that's God. Okay, just, you, just don't take it out on me. But I have people say that to me. Oh, gosh, this message just hit me so hard. Or, you know, you come to church and, you know, you're hearing a message and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, how, how did he know that I was dealing with that? And you're blaming your spouse. Did you say something to him? Did you send an email into the office saying, my husband doing this? What? I, don't, I don't know. What that is is that is God and that is his spirit and he is speaking to you. And it happens whenever we open up this because it is living and active and able to penetrate and divide. And so this, this is living. And so when we talk about it and God's spirit is here and he's pressing in on an area in our lives. And you know what we do? This is so sad. We leave church, and then we go out to eat, and then we forget. Well, I'll do that tomorrow. Then you get up, and you go to work, and then it's a bad day, and you got the kids, and I'll do that tomorrow. And and then here's what I've discovered. Tomorrow rarely comes. It it does. Tomorrow rarely comes. And, And here's what you do. Whenever you put off to tomorrow what you feel God impressing upon you to do today is you're actually making a promise to yourself and God that you have no intention of keeping. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll call them and, and, and forgive them tomorrow. I'll, I'll start doing this. I'm going to start reading my Bible tomorrow. I know I should, but I'm going to do it tomorrow. And let me, let me tell you the danger of this. I think this might be the greatest self-deception that happens within the church, us, Christians trying to follow Christ is that we feel good or okay about ourselves because we hear something and God challenges us and convicts us and we say we're going to do something about it. We're just, I'm not there yet. Here's, here's one, here's one. 
I'm going to pray about that. I'm just praying about it first, right? Something you need to change. I'm praying about it. And so we say tomorrow, tomorrow. We don't realize it's a self-deception because here, what will happen is you find yourself sitting in church for 20 years, but you're still dealing with the same sin. 20 years can go by and you're still fighting the same addiction. 20 years can go by, all of a sudden it blink and you realize I am in the same mess with the same frogs. My faith is so shallow. My experience with God is so minimal. I, I, nothing has changed. Because we don't realize it's a pattern of delay that we have figured out in our lives. And the dangerous part about all of this, here's the dangerous part, okay? Is that you can end up living in your yesterday because you won't respond to God's voice today. You end up living, I, I, I want one day and I, I just hope to get there and I want to become that and I want to go. You can end up living in your yesterday. In other words, I'm stuck in this cycle of the past and I never move forward in my faith. I never move forward in my marriage. I'm never moving forward in my life because I'm not responding to God's voice today. And what will happen if you do this pattern of delay long enough in your life, if I do this, what will happen is we develop an ability, we develop an ability to ignore God's voice. It's an ability. We can come to church and the message can speak right to the very thing that we're struggling with. We can walk out and do nothing with it and come back again next week. And we can end up living in a pattern of delay. I see this in Pharaoh. He delay, delay, well, tomorrow. And God is a gentleman, and he, he, will give you, he will give you the opportunity to determine how much of him you have in your life and when you want him to respond in your life. He won't force it. He just gives you that opportunity. And I pray for all of us, myself included, that I don't live delay after delay long enough that I develop an ability to come to church or to have a conversation with someone who confronts me about something in my life and leave and not do anything about it. It'll result in plagues, pain. And, and so he says tomorrow, and it says in verse 12 that after Moses and Aaron left Pharaoh, Moses cried out to the Lord about the frogs that he had brought on Pharaoh. And the Lord did what Moses asked. The frogs died in the houses and in the courtyards and in the fields, and they were piled into heaps and the land reeked of them. Verse 15, but when Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart and would not listen to Moses and Aaron just as the Lord had said. Now here's another pattern that I need you to be aware of and then I'm gonna close. This is a pattern that I see in Pharaoh every time he's confronted with a new plague. And you can read this on your own, Exodus chapter seven through 11 this week. I want you to look for the pattern, look for the pattern. So here's what the pattern looked like in Pharaoh's life. He would disobey God. Let my people go, uh-uh, do it my way. God would send discipline, a plague. God will send storms. He will do it to get your attention. Discipline. And then Pharaoh would make a deal. If you will pray to take the frogs away, then I'll let God's people go. He'd make a deal. And then he would, after relief, do it again. This is, a, this is a pattern. This is a pattern I see oftentimes. Disobey. I don't, I don't want to do what God wants me to do. 
we experience discipline, we make a deal, and then when there's relief, we do it again. It's a pattern. This third one is called the pattern of disobedience. It's a pattern of disobedience. I, I want to do it my way and not God's way. And it can become a pattern in our lives. And this is a game. I've, I've done this. I've lived this. I'm just telling you. To where I would deal with the same battle, the same sin, and I'll make God promises that I'm never going to do it again. And then once the pain is gone, we'll do it again. I say this all the time. Can I show you how this works in our life? Like when God will speak to us about an area in our life, like you need to break off that relationship or you need to start doing this or start giving or start this, whatever it is. And what we do is we say, I don't care what you said, God. I'm going to do it my way. God will allow things to happen in your life to get your attention. Hey, Jonah, God will send a storm to get you to turn around. God will send plagues Pharaoh to you to get your attention and God does it not because he's a mean God not because he's a God waiting to throw lightning bolts but he does it because he loves you this is maybe hard for you to get unless you're a parent and then when you're a parent you totally get it sometimes we have to discipline our kids but we do it because I don't want them to keep going down that path I know what will happen to them that's what we do right and so we're going to take away their phone. We're going to ground them. We're going to take away the keys. We're going to spank. We're going to whatever it is. We do it because we know that discipline leads to development. And so God will, so then God's going to send something to kind of get your attention. And we'll tend to make a deal with God. I don't know if you ever made a deal with God before, you know, where it's, God, if I don't get fired, I will be on time forever, right? God, if you could just, Save my marriage, I'll never cheat again. We make deals with God all the time. And we do it because of the pain. But what happens is a lot of times when God shows up in his grace and his mercy is that sometimes we take advantage of it and then we do it again. This, this is a pattern of disobedience that comes in our lives. And I've been guilty of this. Now I do wanna say this. There's a difference between being disobedient in a moment and having a pattern of disobedience. We all fall short. Okay? There's no one pointing fingers here. We all mess up. There's, there's areas in my life, there's areas in your life, I know this, where we know what God says. And sometimes, by the way, it's not all the things that we think we're supposed to avoid and not do. Sometimes it's the promptings of what we are supposed to do. When God prompts your heart, hey, go speak to your neighbor. Go invite them. Go ask them to dinner. Go to share your faith with them. Go do this. And we go, oh, I just can't. I just can't. The dangerous thing comes when it goes from a momentary thing to a pattern in our lives. So here's the thing you need to know about God's grace, and this is what I love about His grace. God's grace will cover everything that you've done. God's, God is so gracious, and He does not need to be, and He has been in my life. I have messed up so many times that God in His grace and His mercy will forgive me, and I sense that release, and I don't feel shame or guilt, and I feel like there's things that are good between me and God again, but the, the trap comes when we just go right back around to do it again, and next thing you know, what we're really doing is we're abusing that grace. We're abusing it, and it's a trap. It happens to Pharaoh, and so then God has to keep doing pain and discipline over and over again. And so, so I guess my question for all of us here today, and I know this message is a little heavy, I get it, 
And it's heavy not, not because of the story, but it's heavy because of what the Spirit of God is actually speaking to your heart right now. And so my question to you is this. Do you see a pattern in your life? And only you can answer this. Like, there's no pointing fingers and there's no raising hands. Do you see a pattern in your life? Pattern of, I've got this God. So this one area, I'm going to do it my way. I'm just going to push God aside. The pattern of denial. A pattern of delay. You keep, I know I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to start this. And I'm supposed to say this. But you keep saying one day, I'm going to. Or maybe just a pattern of disobedience where you just, the same thing over and over again. I believe, listen, that with the help of God, maybe not on our own, but with the power of God, that we can break these patterns and we can start some new ones. And let me tell you how I think that you can break this pattern. Here's what you do. When God's speaking to you, right, right now he is, and I'm, many of you are feeling this, you can respond to that today. Not tomorrow, not one day. It all starts with just simply responding to God today. What is he asking you to do that you have been avoiding? What is he asking you to break off that you haven't broken off because you don't trust what he's going to provide? What have you, what has he asked you to do that you're like, huh? I don't know if I can do this. Well, listen, you can stay in this pattern or you can change that. It's up to you. God will give you the honor of setting that time. But I'm telling you, if you want to break it, then start today. And here's what you do. You start creating new patterns that move you in the new direction that you need to be in. Some of you, you're like, I'm gonna, I need to start reading my Bible. I need to pray. Let's not do it tomorrow. Let's do it today. After church, you go home, you get something to eat, you say, hold on, before I watch TV, I'm going to think, I'm going to read, I'm going to read my Bible. I need to start. I need to start connecting with God. I haven't been. I'm going to pray. I need to call someone. I need to respond to somebody. I need to give to God. I don't know what it is. That's, that's for you. That's for you and God. But if you'll respond today with his power and his help, listen to me, he will help you create a new pattern in your life. And I believe with that pattern that he helps you, you're going to experience blessing in your life. Amen. Both our campuses, would you bow your heads and just pray with me right now? God, I, I know that this message is heavy, God. It was hitting me. and I just pray right now that, Lord, people here today would know there is no condemnation in you. This is not about uh, we're failures. or th This is about, God, you speaking to us individually today. This is about you helping us realize that there's maybe some patterns in our life that are not honoring, honoring to you, that are actually setting us up to experience discipline and pain. And God, I just want to recognize, I pray that all of us recognize that you love us as a father, which is why you discipline. Your word says you, you discipline those you love and because you care about us and you want us to turn around and so I pray right now, God, for each one of us, whatever that area is, and I believe maybe just one area for each of us, that God is pressing upon, that we've, we say, keep saying tomorrow, we keep saying I've got it, or we keep coming back around to the same pattern of disobedience. I pray today we would do something with this message. That we would not leave here today and just develop this ability to ignore your voice, to calm that, that thing we feel on the inside, but... But God, I pray to respond to it today and experience your blessing of following you in obedience. We thank you, God, for challenging us today. And we, we, we will respond to your message and your prompting today. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, come on, let's thank God for his word. Amen. It's so good.